everybody, and welcome back to Beware the Artist. I am Jeremy Jersa, and this week on the show, I have Taj with me. Uh, Taj, if you want to uh, tell everyone who you are and what is it that you do. Yeah, I'm, uh, my name is Taj, uh, Taj Stansberry. Um, a lot of you may know me as Taj vs. Taj, and I am an artist um, of all sorts. Um, it stems from uh, multimedia arts all the way to, you know, directing to Wherever you may find me, sculpting, it doesn't really matter. It's just whatever the message needs to be put out, I find a way to put it out. So how did you get into uh, this line of work? How did you get into this industry? Uh, well, I've always been an artist. My immediate family, um, everyone in my immediate family are artists. So my two brothers are artists. One's a culinary chef and the other one's a graphic designer. Um, and my mother is a um, world-renowned florist. So. We had a, our household was a household of boys, and my little sister, she's uh, she's uh, actually a writer. She's a writer for uh, for a fashion magazine. So, art was always in our home. Color was in our home. Floral life was in our home. We didn't watch too much TV or anything like that. And we were kind of like the opera house on the block that had these African American this African American mom with with three boys and, and a little girl, and we just made it work. You know what I mean? Like just doing art all the time. Everything was about art. So. I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah I think it went from there, from there to, it, it kind of went from, it seemed like elementary school to Jennifer Lopez. It was just like, quick, it was pretty fast. <laughs> so did, would you say that you got into uh, fine art to start or were you more in the kind of uh, video music industry? I was not going to start. I was actually a photographer. I started out doing photography but during that time as well like when i was a teenager i would go back to new york to new york city and in an intern for my brother my brother was the head designer for fubu um, for its entirety and so i remember him leaving um like i want to go find design work in new york and i was like oh man like that really was like shocking to me and it was it was breathtaking because i, I looked up to him so much and I was just used to like literally being underneath the desk, you know what I mean? After I did my homework at, at his design, at his design studio, his little small studio space that he rented, to him going to New York and then calling me one day and was like, "I'm bringing, I'm bringing you to New York." I went to New York and all his work is in Times Square, and I was just like, "How did that happen, man?" And he was like, "Aren't you proud of me?" And I was like, "I want to be just like you," but that didn't happen. Instead, I took my own route and went from photography. Uh, to wanting to see the images move, and um, from the, and, I, and I figured like, well, the images moving, you know, it's 24 frames per second, real time. So that means for every second, I can get 24 of these photos. That's 24 times, times the fun. So I went into I went into filmmaking, man, and I told these stories that stories that I, things I experienced, uh, questions that I had, and and the industry kind of took to it. One thing led to another. I did Rihanna's video in Europe and won some awards, and then from there, I just it just kind of, I was getting phone calls from everybody, LL Cool J, Nas, everybody was just like calling me like out of the blue, like uh, Jill Scott. And they were calling me direct, like John Legend. Hey, Taj, this is John. I'm like, John who, man? He's like, Legend. I'm like, get in here. <laughs> I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, man, I love your ideas, man. And I just, I was, I went on this, this roller coaster, man, of like true like bliss, man. I was just so happy. It was like a really good time. That's absolutely wild. Um... I, I personally, I don't think I would, I would think it was a prank phone call, um, honestly. 
But you know, I put I put enough out. I had done little things where I was like, okay, that's a good video. Even though it was a local video, I had this one video called Tracks a Million from the Hood. And it was a I spent all of my like all the budget money, I put it all on the screen. I think I even put some of my own money into the video. And it was a three-day shoot on like 15 grand. I shot 35 anamorphic, black and white, beautiful. And I just shot San Francisco and I shot the inner city, how I thought it should be portrayed. Why does everything have to be shaky and have to be in and out and have to be grungy? Like why not be long lens and step back and feel the depth and find them in the, in the like chaos doesn't have to be ugly. You know what I mean? And like yeah, traffic yeah. doesn't have to be ugly. Let's feel the movement of the city. And so I did that and this director saw it and he was like, you did that? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you set up the shots and everything? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay. And I, like six months later, I was signed to this company in New York. They like just called me out of the blue. Like it felt like out of the blue, they called me. I was on my way to my first day at junior college. My first day of junior college. And I was on my way out the door. And uh, this is the second, my second year, since so my sophomore year. And I was headed out the door to another 12 units of, I don't know why I'm taking these classes. And I get this phone call on my house phone. I didn't have a cell phone. I pick it up, is this, is this Taj? I'm like, yeah, this is Taj. Hey, this is Lou Miguel and Grace Miguel. And I'm like, those names sound familiar. Oh, that's who I PA for. And I was like, oh, hey guys. You want me to PA or something? Like, you know, like the executive producers aren't calling PAs. And yeah. they were like, no, no, no. We, uh, we've we been looking at your work and uh, we have a question for you. And I was like, what? He was like, how would you like to be a director and be and, and, and just and have your career take off? I mean, like he said, how would you like to be a director? It's going to get me choked up. How would you like to be a director and help us manage your career and get you to where we think you can be? And I was like, are you serious? And then everybody in the background, he said, say hello. And everybody was like, hi, Taj. And all these people, he introduced me to all these people. And he's like, would you like that? I was just in tears, man. I was just like, I was like, yes, I would. He flew me to New York. He said, check your email in half an hour. And it was a ticket to New York. Uh, they picked me up from the airport and took me straight to the set because they were on set for another video. And it was Beyonce's video. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> they had a contract, man. I signed my contract the next day, I signed a contract. And I was walking out and he's like, you don't want your check? I went, my check? He said, did you even read the contract? I was like, no, man, I, I didn't. It's whatever, it was, whatever that contract said is better than what, I, what, what, I'm, what I'm doing now, which is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so when you are kind of starting the process of, of, of making this video, of, of directing whatever it is that uh, you're kind of doing with the moving image, what is, what is your process? How are you, how are you stepping into that? So first I, I kind of, uh, like the work's gonna go out into the world. The world every day, there's a different, it's a different mood climate, it's a different energy. And you kind of want to pay attention to what's going on in the world and how people feel. And even if the song doesn't allow you, the lyrics don't allow you to attack the deepest and darkest issues or whatever it is that you, that, that's concerning you in the world, you can find a way to do it by, by just listening to the music. Maybe it's not the lyrics. Maybe it's just the tone of the music. Maybe it's just the feeling of the music. Like, what? how can this resonate with people? And I really think about that. I take walks, man. I go out, I talk to people. Like, people know me for talking to what they call strangers. We're all put on this earth for a reason, man. We're not here to ignore each other. We're talked out of just trying to take care of us and trying to look after us and protect us to not talk to strangers. 
but we're never told when it's okay. And so we grow up into this world, ignoring each other, passing each other. And so I go into the world and I talk to people and, I'm, and I ask people sometimes simple questions like, hey, are you okay? Yeah, what's going on? Are you like, I saw you bobbing your head, what you listening to? What are you thinking about? What bothers you in the world? What's going on? You'd be surprised, man. It's so refreshing. Yeah. Sometimes people are like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, and they're like, well, actually I was thinking about this and they start to, talking to you. But that inspires people, man, and I get answers. And so I went into the Tenderloins in San Francisco, known for its drugs, pimps, and prostitutes. And my favorite uh, restaurant, Brenda's, right? Best, oh, best shrimp and grits ever. <laughs> I had shrimp and grits by myself, man, fill up my soul when I walked around. And I didn't have to talk to anybody, man. I mean, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning and the spirit felt like it was midnight, man. Mm. And I kind of was like, you know what? There's these long streets in San Francisco, these long, long, a lot of depth. And you can see prostitute going across the street, you know, street like sex worker, you know, uh, this guy dragging a cart across the street, boom. You know, then I, and then a, a person, I saw a pimp dragging, literally dragging a prostitute across the street. And I'm like, man, this is hell. This is hell. But like, how do I want to portray this? Do I want to say that everything is bad? I'm like, no, I'm going to go and I'm going to shoot the texture of these places. And I'm going to show you where these people actually come from in San Francisco, these artists. And we're going to go to these places and I'm going to shoot it beautifully. I want to show you that it can still be beautiful. Because if you shoot something, if you shoot a bad situation, or if you shoot something that shoots someone that's been really going through it, but you put them in, you put them in the right position, it'd be beautiful. Like they could, under the sun, which is the, the most beautiful light that there is. So I don't use any lights. Straight, all sun and reflectors. I didn't have the money for lights, let's be honest. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so all into the camera and all film, short ends, uh, short end film, Fuji film, Kodak film. It was like all over the place, but it was just beautiful, black and white. Shot at a stop under, you know, and just went, and just went for it, man. What you don't know is beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful when you don't know stuff. <laughs> that's I didn't know what I was doing. That's I cared. Great. Yeah. Um, so you are... You're based in LA. Yes, I am. Um, so why would you want to be based in LA? What is it about that LA scene that, that, that drew you there, uh, say in contrast to New York or Atlanta? Well, I, after I graduated from high school, I actually moved to New York, moved to New York. And I was really young, I was 18 when I did that. And I wasn't really mature enough to be out there to really appreciate the city and the opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, man. And when you don't know what you want to do, you don't want to tell anybody that because it seems like everybody that throws their hat in the air, you know what I'm saying? Like it's throwing it toward where they're going next. Like, like, like they know it. I didn't know. I'm the only person in my senior class that threw my hat up early. I wasn't paying attention, right? Just goes <laughs> to show Taj once again, right? And but when I look back at it, I'm like, well, maybe I was just going my own direction. But I went out to New York and I was working a job and I was going to school and it just wasn't for me, man. It wasn't for me. And I, I left, I left, I moved home. I moved home uh, maybe like a year and a half later after doing that. And when I came home, I immediately regretted it. And everything was slower now back, back home in Oakland. So I'm from Oakland, everything was slower. And I was like, you know what? The next time I leave, I gotta try something new. I gotta go somewhere, I have to go somewhere different and make sure that I stick it out and I stay there but I didn't want to try the same place. It wasn't about me getting my revenge or me like proving myself that I can live in New York. Um, 
So I was like, well, what's that up? What's the next place? And I'm like, oh, well, Los Angeles. A lot of directors there and filmmakers and artists. Um, but this whole entire time, I was also thinking in my head, I really want to come back to art. All this was supposed to lead to something that people didn't care about me doing. Like, every time I brought up art or I brought up cover art or, or I showed people, like, you know, my prints, it was just like, oh, that's cool, man. So what's up with the next Rihanna video you're doing? Like, and I was like, but, but this is what I really wanted to do. But that's discouraging. Like, I finally have some success now. So I'm like, I don't want to step on, step on that. So I looked at the art and I said, I'll be right back. Let me go show them that I can do whatever I want to do and I'll come back. And so I came to LA because it was a, a new choice, a different choice and a little closer to home. That's, uh, that, that still is such a, you know, kind of amazing place to be though, because you're still doing this creative outlet in order to, you know, establish yourself and, and, and you know, have a, have a job, have a salary, but yet you're still like, funding that uh that that side that art hustle in, in the same way um i i know i do i do a little bit of that as well with my i'm a i'm a art professor so i'm that's how i'm making my money but yet i have my art hustle on the side and i'll, I'll come back to that um but i love the fact that you're you were able to find a way to make your trajectory in a creative discipline and then still have your art being built that's 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 a really great moment it was, it was a, a really great moment. And, and it was, it was like, uh, you know how like your parents come home, like my mom, before she like kind of like, you know, before she kind of found, like, found stability, right? Um, she was working two jobs. And one of the jobs she worked at was a restaurant that was about 40 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And I used to remember that that's, she was, she knew that she could, she was more than that job. She didn't like that job, but she did it to put food on the table. And um, she hadn't figured out how to make money, enough money from her passion, which was art. Mm. And she and she would spend her Saturdays, if she, you know, she would spend her Saturdays at the shop and her Sundays inside the flower shop that was uh, that was uh, our, our garage converted. And I just remember those Sundays were really important to her because Monday it was back to back to the restaurant that she didn't want to work at, you know? And uh, it was devastating, man. She was really depressed. Like, I, I just remember being like, hey, mom, like, you know, let's, let's maybe like do some art. Or I brought her some like, some like flowers and roses and just, I was just, we try to do anything and she'd just be tired, you know? And so, that was just crazy times, man. That was just crazy times. And she told me, she was like, you know what? Don't worry about me. Like for my birthday, she would bring me Susan B. Anthony's, a hundred of them, because that, that, that was, it was like part of her collection. She didn't have the money to really give me, so she would go in her collection and would give me Susan B. Anthony's, a, a Crown Royal bag with a hundred of them. That, when you know where those are coming from though, man, you just like, He's just yeah. like, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna do something, man. I'm gonna do something. And my mom would be like, but whatever you do, make sure you get paid. Mm. But your parents, you gotta take what they say with a grain of salt, man, because <laughs> they don't know what it's like. They don't know about this generation. They don't know about social media. They don't know that like, you know, these first three videos, I, I helped pay for them. Yeah, yeah. But the world doesn't know that. And I need them to see me how they see these other directors. Yeah. And then give me a, and then finally give me a shot. So we had a talk and the, and the conversation was really simple. It was like, you know what? I'm gonna let you be the front seat driver. I'm gonna move to the back. I'm gonna be the back seat driver. 
But as soon as I see you veering off left or right, I'm going to take the wheel back. And, and, and then she always tells me to this day, she's like, I never had to take the wheel. So that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> all for me, not all for me wanted to go to a party and she wouldn't let me go. And it sparked like <laughs> a little argument. And then from there, it was like, you still can't go to the party, but starting tomorrow, join y'all. <laughs> I'll be watching. So, um, so you, you come from a, a family of artists and, and you've been surrounded by these kind of creative disciplines for. Um, probably as long as you can remember. Um, yeah. Who would you say are some of your um, influences when it comes to your photography and then influences when it comes to kind of your uh, moving image work? Oof, man, here we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, mm. Photography, uh, Gordon Parks, Francesca Woodman. Um, I really fell in love with Francesca Woodman's work. Like Gordon Parks, like, showed black people being beautiful man and he showed us being beautiful during times when times were hard for us and i wasn't a part of those times but i i'm educated on those times and the way that he he just made us beautiful and you know like he the way he used lenses and and he was and, he, and then at the same time it's who he was since normal guy normal guy like you know what i'm saying i wasn't afraid and understood what his purpose was when you know your purpose it's one thing to be good at something mm-hmm. or to have a talent it's another thing to have a gift it's another thing to have that gift and embrace it. And he embraced it and he had a pact. He had a pact with the craft. And you can see it in his work, where he cared for people, the symmetry. It was just felt very natural. Nothing felt posed, even if it was set up. You know, it, yeah, takes, a, yeah. it takes a passionate person and an empathetic person to be able to do that. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's, it's more than photography. You can't teach it in school. Um, he's about moments. About moments. It doesn't have to all be in focus. It's not about that. It's about the moment. Moment. But you're never going to get back. And so you're teeter-totter. So he teeter-totters around film. His movements sometimes they get tighter and tighter. But this from here to here is like the world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. he may have five images of this one image, and you're only going to see one. So it's this, it's this, it's this dance, man. And he was so good at it. God bless his soul. And then Francesca Woodman, hey, tortured soul. Tortured soul, but beautiful. And she made herself, she felt like she was an extension of, of, of earth. We were extensions of earth. We were put here, grounded here, not because, it's not because of gravity, it's because we are a part of the earth. We're just extensions of it. So, so she stayed in her apartment. She stayed in her apartment and made herself, learn to make herself, she learned about shutter speeds and that if she ran across the room on a timer and plugged herself into the wall and lapped herself into the wall, she would become a part of it. Like, in theory, a lot of what she was saying was true. We looked at her photographs. Mm-hmm. You know, she brought us into her world, into her mind that we thought was, that people thought was sick. Yeah. And it was just beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Thank God for, for film. If she, had to, if she had to tell people to imagine it, we probably couldn't. And then she um, committed suicide, which was sad. But, but her legacy lives on, and you can't buy her photos. Thank God. Mm. Right? We're so fond of of when art sells and we were like, oh, it's sold for this much. It's all being so undersold though. It's all priceless if we're, if we're supposed to be all equal. And I felt like her parents having those galleries for her, letting people enjoy that work, living, like letting her, her legacy live on and not one photograph being for sale. It lets you know that that that's beautiful to me. Like that is, that's beautiful, you know? So Francesca Woodman, Gordon Parks, um, Filmmaking, 
uh, I was always into like action. Like I love action, but I love a good story too. Um, I felt like Tony Scott was able to bring love stories and action together at once, together without it being cheesy Hollywood, mm -hmm. right? Like, come on, Top Gun, the first Top Gun. Yo, man, I, I know this next Top Gun's gonna be great, but God bless his soul, man. I don't know you guys, I don't know. I don't know, man, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know how many tricks you can do to bring that, that, that 1980s, like Tom Cruise, like just, he just got it, man. He just got it. You know what I'm saying? You just I can't do, beat I that. Do. You can't beat it, man. Like you can't, you know, even Blade Runner, right? You get into Blade Runner and I'm like, and I'm, a, I'm an anamorphic guy. Like a lot of my, most of my work has been like anamorphic because I really under, I really understand it speaks to me. But like, they're like, yeah, well, you, you got to see the new, uh, you know, what was it, what was it, what was it called? 2049? No, not 2049. Oh, 2049, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. But I saw that and I was like, yeah, this looks great. It looks great. And I loved it. And I was like, yeah, it's good. But man, you gotta understand where it comes from. You gotta respect the origin of it, you know. So I uh, I see a lot of connections to 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 that kind of um, that that imagery in in your photography. There's a lot of kind of surreal aspects. There's um, kind of bringing in this pop culture, and then there's also kind of the commercial photography inside of this kind of fine art world. Um, do you want to talk to how you're choosing this imagery and how you're placing these worlds together? Yeah, so for a long time, what you know, I gave my mom a hard drive, and I, I see my mom maybe like uh, twice, uh, uh, three times a year, and whenever time I see her, I hand her a hard drive, it has all the master files on it, and like a lot of the work, um, I was practicing this whole time, not not practicing, but I was trying to figure out who I, who I am. I was trying to figure out who I am, and I was critiquing my work like. Where are, you, where are you afraid? And so it, it was like a, it was like, I, I do love, I want to work in an industry, but I also want to work as me, who I am. I don't want to, I don't want to be stuck doing the same things over and over again that I, I did really well. I did something I don't love really well. And now everybody wants me to do that. I've seen that happen to people, man. And it, and it makes them fall out of love with it. Um, I didn't want to fall in love. I didn't want to fall out of love with the industry. And I wanted to stay, remain in love with the craft. I don't know if you can fall in love with the industry. I don't know if that's smart, but I just didn't want to hate the industry. And to do, to, to, to not do that, I didn't go into photography, professional photography, commercial photography for a long time um, until I, I, I knew that my work could transcend and it would be a comfortable transition. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't be too far away. The things that I would do wouldn't be too far away from me being able to bring in the art aspect of it. Yeah. So. The first time I ever did that was uh, they, this um, publication did a uh, did a story on me, and they were sending me the photographers that they wanted the photographer they wanted to shoot with me, they, they wanted to photograph me, and I stopped them and I was like, oh, you know, no disrespect, and I was like, but this is about this article is about how I do things the way that I do it, so is it okay if I have guys that I came up with, mm. you know, um, shoot it, and they were like, yeah, that's fine, yeah, we trust you. And so one of my photographers, one of my friends took, a, took this photo of me and I decided that I was gonna take this photo, change out the background, and I was gonna make it a piece of art. And that was would be the, the first time that it would symbolize me coming into this world. Like there's always a starting point. Mm. And I was like, what's gonna be that starting point? Who better to start with me than, than me? Yeah. So I, I, I did that and they, when I sent the photo in, they were like, this is beautiful, who painted it? 
And I was like, what? And I was like, uh, it's like, it looks like oil. Is this oil? I was like, no. Well, no, it's not. But will you use it? And like, yeah, we're gonna put it on the front. We love it. We need something different like this. So from there, I was like, you know, that's a really, that felt good. It felt good, you know what I'm saying? To do that, to take that, and they'd never done anything like that. Uh, it was Forbes. And I was like, you know what? If I can change, if I can change like the way things look over there, someplace that's just, that's, you know, it's, it's about, it's, where it's about money, it's conservative, then I know I can do it elsewhere. And so I can, I start, I just started to incorporate it more and more and more, more and more. And then I opened up my Instagram and I said, okay, what message are you sending on Instagram? It's too random. So I spent the weekend taking everything off Instagram and just starting to put up my work. And I wasn't afraid anymore. And then numbers just started like, Kind of going up and then next thing i know people were like how much is that print how much is this and then I, next thing i know i was doing installations the next thing i know i was doing collaborations and next thing i know like Halle berry likes my work and she's like i need that and next thing i know lena wake is called it's just like music videos but this time i'm prepared mm-hmm. and i'm not afraid anymore and i'm not starstruck and i know what my purpose is because i've been developing a relationship with god and myself and, and my craft like, what's my, what is my promise to my craft? And my promise was, I will never disrespect it. I'll never use it to step on anyone or do anything like that. I know I'm not perfect, but I will, I will always do the right thing and do right by, by and always do right by, um, by whoever it is that I'm working with and by the craft. And uh, I've been keeping that promise. I, I'm, I'm proud to say I've been keeping that promise. So, yeah. Did I answer that question? I, I think we hit on it close enough. What was the question? <laughs> I'm not, I don't I'm even I'll stay more on point. I'll stay more on point. I don't even remember what the question was, but I love, I love this, this train of thought that, that we kind of hit on. And one thing that I, I want to talk about from these kind of points that you're, you're bringing up, um, there's, a, there's a stream of empathy within what it is that you do. Empathy to the, the, the people that are included, empathy to yourself. Um, how important is that in your work? You see that? Yeah. You see that? You yeah. notice that? That means a lot to me. That threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> that really means a lot to me, man. Like that is all that it is. Like my um, my artist statement. They asked me to write one. It literally took me like a month. I'm like writing. You want me to write how I feel. That's why I do this. Mm-hmm. You know and. Um, I was like, it's it. My my journey's been. It's been. That's what it is. My work is a. It's a message of empathy. It's a, it's a. It's a. It's it's all about empathy. It's all about the way that we treat each other. It's reminders that we can be good to each other. It's reminders that you know there's a deeper place that we can look inside and we can be okay with our differences. You know what I'm saying? And and it's okay to be. It's okay to be afraid, but it's not okay to react to that person or to your brother out of that fear. Mm. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah we have to look at ourselves and, and we have to look at ourselves and look fear in the eye and be able to step toward it. We got to trust each other. I often ask people whenever I'm having an issue, I love asking people that I don't know, Hey, I need some help with something. Can I get your opinion on something? Mm-hmm. People want to be used. They don't want to be misused. It's a very good point. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, and that, yeah. and that, I know that, I know that, and I know that like, when I give someone an opportunity, like I was on this app today, Clubhouse, and 
all these people were on there and I came in the room and they immediately were like, oh, Tosh, say something. And I was talking and this girl was like, um, she got on. She's like, Tosh, I got to go, but um, can I ask you a question? She's like, I don't know if I should ask you. I'm pretty nervous. I'm like, what is it? And she's like, well, I, I really want to be on set with this one artist or with this one director. And, you know, I know that you help run that company and this is and that. And I was like, done, it's done. Email me and i am put you on the list. She's like, that simple? It shouldn't be that hard. Mm. It shouldn't be that hard. And you're gonna, she's gonna have bigger breaks. Like we have to stop making this industry and everything we do seem like we're so magical. It's our duty to do what we're doing. Mm. We're not doing, you know, if you guys any favors. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not doing anyone any favors and that's how it should come off. It should come off as this is for you. This is for you. I'm the artist, I'm number two. You're number one at all times. It doesn't work the other way around. It doesn't work. I love that. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so that, that's all that it is, man. It's the only way, it's the only way I can speak to people. It's the most powerful way that I can speak to people. And I can take my time in doing so. And when it's right, I can put the message out. Mm. So it makes me feel good. Yeah. So speaking about putting this message out, what are some um what are some projects you have going on right now? Oh, oh. so I'm the resident artist at the Soap Hotel. Um hotel. And, um, you know, it's been interesting during the pandemic, uh, having to be responsible and not being able to do the, uh, the one-off, the one-off, one night only, come see, tired of work, and blah, blah, you know? Mm -hmm. It's been, no, you can bring four people at a time and they have to schedule it. And so how can I make my work, how can I, how can I be effective? And then I, it dawned on me that it was like, you work with what you have. You, if you're not, if you can't touch a hundred people today, you touch those four. Mm. Just give everything you have to every single showing, um, and discover something new about yourself every time in every show. And so, I did that, and it was hard. It was hard at first, you know. And um, but then I realized I was like, you know, this work. This work will. After I do this, it doesn't matter if it's only four people. If it's if it if it's a message and they really feel the message, they'll send other people, and that's exactly what happened. Like next thing, I, next thing I know, I was booking shows. I mean, booking like showings like three times a day. Mm -hmm. I was coming up. It's like, oh yeah, so and so sent me. Ray Lewis sent me. Damon Dash sent me, and and it's like we wanted to see this, we wanted to see that, we want to see Mona Lisa, and I was like, Mona Lisa, what are you guys talking? About? Oh, Mona, oh, oh, I know what you mean. You mean a fall from grace, and I I, I purposely. I did this, this, this series of masks, right? And I'm gonna get back into, take that to where, where I am now, what the project is. But I did this series of masks in 2013. I had I did this music video for Kendrick Lamar. And because of some issues behind the scenes with the permit, something that never happens, the video got shut down and he had to go on tour, his first tour. Mm -hmm. And by the time he came back, it was over. Like we couldn't finish the video. I was heartbroken. Like it's Kendrick Lamar, it's money trees. And, I, and I, I mean, I created, I slept on set for two days on this set just to feel the environment. You know what I mean? And, and no, I didn't take showers those days. Okay, <laughs> and I'm a clean guy. So I was like, yo, I put all this into this video and then it didn't come out and I was asking God why and I didn't feel like he was giving me any real answers. I just kept coming back to this permit and I know it's not about this permit. But it, when God doesn't give you the, the answer, that, this, that this, it hits us the truth right here. It means that he's withholding it and you need you to be patient. 
And we need, and, and when we feel pain, when we didn't do anything wrong, you feel pain, that's conditioning, not punishment. And so I had to spend seven years with people asking me about this video, why it didn't come out. Seven years. And then I get this show at the Sofitel. And it's during the pandemic when every, the whole world's wearing masks, right? Mm-hmm. And it brings me, and, and, I, and I put this artwork up and she looks at it. She goes, oh, you did all these during the pandemic. And I'm like, no, I did it in 2013. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I did 2013. She goes, what was the motivation then? I was like, the same thing now. The disease now is COVID-19, but when COVID is gone, there'll still be us and how are we going to treat each other? Mm. And so we wear a mask to protect ourselves, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I saw a video the other day of this kid, he his brains blown out and he's wearing a mask to protect himself from COVID. So you think about the diseases in the world. You think about the real diseases in the world. And yeah, this is a disease. I don't take this lightly. I, I, I pray for everyone that's lost someone to COVID. I pray that everyone recovers. But man, brother, we got some problems in this world. He was holding a sandwich and had his mask on, going to his car. And they came up to him and they hit him so hard, his body turned. And I watch things like this, not because I want to have negative energy, but because I've been... I've been, I'm put here to be able to take in everything, to inhale chaos and exhale love. Mm. And I saw that and I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, this is what it is. And I told the truth. I said, this, this is what this is. It wasn't about COVID. I didn't predict COVID. All right. I'm not, that's not what this is about. This is about something that already existed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. That's what this is about. And so that kind of kicked off this bigger thing. And then it made me realize that I never had any work in the streets. I went backwards. Like I got approved at all these galleries and did these different galleries. Um, but this is not about spectacle. It's not about selling out in one night. This is about getting the work to the world and sending that message to the world and letting it exist for, for three weeks as you drive up and down La Brea, coming to and from work, building a relationship with this piece. Yeah. And I finally was like, that's what I'm going to do. And so when it hit me, I just, made a phone call um, to, a, to a partner that I have that does, that's been waiting for me to, to call her, to put her in motion. And when I tell you she put her energy into the world and all 50 people came like, and just swooped with all their names, all their Instagrams, all their NDAs. And I was like, this is a mission. And I was like, and this is what we're gonna do. I was like, you guys all have, you guys will all be distributed, um, all be distributed um, masks, um, something to keep you warm, um, it, like a normal production, but it's not normal. You're going to have to go out into the streets and you're going to have to decide in your cities, because I'm not from your cities, where this is needed the most. And I can't tell you that. And so I'm trusting that. And there's an art to delegation and there's an art to trusting people. There's an art to standing back and doing and just knowing when your hands have to just be thrown up. And they're like, well, are you going to come? And I was like, no. So those are your cities and I want you guys to be empowered to use the work how, how, you, how you see fit and put it where you see fit. Just promise me you'll take care of the South Side of Chicago because the devil's working overtime over there. I don't know what's going on over here. Um, and one kid raised his hand. He's like, I'm from the South Side. I'm on the South Side right now. We're on a Zoom call. I was like, yeah. He goes, yeah, I got that. Hmm. That's scary for him to step up like that. I feel something happening. I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But when you put, when you have good intentions and you put something forward, 
like God will use you in the right way. And I'm not a religious man. I just, I've seen him work. Nothing that's happened to me has been a coincidence. And I've had some horrible things happen to me. Like some horrible things I wouldn't want anyone to experience. And then I had some things that I, I just hope people get to experience a portion of it. So that's where I am now. My mission is to, is, to, is to get into the streets, to get into the streets with my work and to let it thrive so that you don't have to make plans to go to a gallery or to go into a hotel in, in, in the city that you're from, which never happens. So how large are these pieces that they're putting up in the streets? Uh, I think the largest is, uh, which is human in a room, I think it's 70 by 90, nice. 70 by 90 inches, mm -hmm. um, but, then, but, but it's tiled. Tiled in certain places, some places are one-offs. Um, the smallest piece is uh, Fall from Grace, which is Mona Lisa, um, which is uh, Houston. Uh, it's Houston, and I, for some reason, you know, I asked Mariah, her name is Mariah, she's the curator, and when it's putting this all together, I was like, which one do you think for your city? And I asked her last, you know, and she never said anything about any other city and she never said anything about her city or anything waiting for last. And she was like, I really think we should do this one on Lisa. I think that the kids need to see, they need to see that and what it represents. And what that really represents is like, yo, the old world is gone. Mm -hmm. Old world is gone, man. And in that world, Mona Lisa represents that world. In this world, a fall from grace is Mona Lisa. So are they are the are the people in those areas picking out the works that are going to be distributed, or did did you say, oh, this piece goes there um, outside of the? Oh, the yeah, I'll, yeah. Well, well, not for Houston. She picked it for Houston. Mm -hmm. Right, picked it for Houston. Um, she's an art dealer as well. Um, very smart, really, really smart, and she's not afraid to tell me what she feels and what she thinks. I need people like that around me. Mm -hmm. um, but she picked Houston. I picked Los Angeles because I'm here and I can feel feel it, right? Um, what piece would be good for Los Angeles? And um, and uh, uh, Chicago, Chicago was I actually was going to do another piece called A Black Mother's Burden, but it didn't have it, the human element in it. And I felt like seeing the human was really important, seeing yourself. And now the mask, even if the only commonality to have the only thing you have in common with with this piece of art is that you have to wear a mask, right? It's something that it's something that you can see in this art that it's a sad thing that we wish that we didn't have to, you know what I mean? And that's really what I was going for. Like eighty percent of my work that year featured the artist with their head down, and I didn't notice it until later, you know. But so I did feeling blue. We've changed it out for this piece called feeling blue. Um, which is just perfect and I can't tell you why, which is why it's perfect. Mm. Or I can't tell you why exactly, but even when they saw it, they were like this one. And I wasn't like, really? It's like, I'm getting it now. It's like, yeah, okay. So I figured, and then um, New York, uh, I picked a piece for New York. Um, and in New York, I felt like, uh, it's like it's the best city in the world. I, I do think so. I do think it's one of them, but I think it's like for here, it's like the center of heaven and hell. It's like you can, you can have the greatest life there and then you can be in the slums. Mm -hmm. So it's like the darkest of the darkest and it's the brightest of the brightest. It's, you know what I mean? It's everything. And uh, I felt like there I had to be a little, not more aggressive, but, but I had to really, it had to be able to hold up against the tower, against the towering, like, you know, buildings in Manhattan and, you know, the bricks in Harlem and that grit and all that history. You can get swallowed in that. 
And I was like, well, I got to do something that doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't get swallowed. It has to be vertical, it has to be big. And that was the one that's uh, 90 by 70. And um, yeah, it's, it's a piece I haven't put out yet, though. I haven't put it out. Um, but it's beautiful. It's, 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 it's beautiful, man. And uh, it's a, I'll just tell you this. Oh, actually, I sent it to you, but I sent it to you when I just started it. It's way different, but the premise is still the same. So that, so that it's a COVID cell, which you probably don't know. And the COVID cell turns into hair for her. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Like if we could talk to COVID, if we could talk to her, mm -hmm. right? Who would we send? And we would send this one man out on the boat, really little, like he can be swallowed. And it's an American flag that he's been traveling with that bends because it can't, the weight of America is pulling down, pulling it down into the water. Mm. So he's at the end of his, he's at the end of it. It lasted as long as it could. And they're about to have a conversation and you don't know what that conversation is, but she's beaming at him. And she's allowed him to come this far, but he has no, he has no rows, he has no paddles. So it's like up shit's creep with no paddle. They say that we're all gonna get Corona. We're all gonna get it, no matter what, whether by vaccine or just gonna get it in general, we're, we're gonna come in contact with it. So when you know that something's inevitable, you gotta throw all your cards up. And so that's what this piece is about. It's about the moment that we face it and we do the right thing. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's a lot going on there in a very good way. Um, I, I love that th this work kind of, you know, it, it took on a life of its own. It, it, it became something larger than what it is. Um, right. and, and then now you're able to re-enter the work and, and, and use that purpose to kind of change that subject matter in a certain in a certain understanding. But at the same time, it still has these multiple layers. It still comes from this kind of first iteration of the work. Um, so you're still playing off of these themes, um, which is really exciting. Right. I wrote this trailer for Kendrick Lamar, right? I did get as far as doing this trailer for him. And I write trailers, I write like, you know, the monologues. And I wrote this monologue and the monologue said, what if I told you that our world got worse, that God tested us all at once and we failed? Um, money, um, our, our dollar bill started to lose value, started to lose value. Nothing was, uh, nothing would, and nothing would ever be the same. Um, chaos became a routine, chaos became routine. Um, one day we'd look up, one day we would look up and all the answers that we had for our, for our problems, for our problems that didn't exist anymore, replaced with these mammoth problems. We didn't have the answers nor instructions. Mm. Would you believe me? And then it goes off, you know? And then when I, when I wrote it then, like I'm not, I don't claim to be like the best writer, but when I'm writing something, I feel like this is coming from an honest place. An honest place meaning this is going to happen or it's coming from somewhere. And like God, sometimes God just grabs your hands and just makes you go like this and you're just like writing stuff, right? And it's like, what motivated that? And I'm like, I don't know. And then it comes around and I didn't want COVID to come. I didn't want people to get sick. I actually feel, I was starting to feel bad that I even, that I even wrote that. And then I was like, no, man, what are you doing? You had good intentions and this happened and this happens every hundred years. And yeah. And so people heard that because that trailer, I put the trailer out, I'll just say it. I put the trailer out because I wanted people, I wanted people to see it, I wanted people to hear it. And sometimes things are above me, they're above Kendrick, they're above everybody. And I was like, you know what, if you get in trouble, Taj, be a man about it, 
and just face it. Yeah. But yeah. this will come out. So I just put the trailer out. And I know that's not maybe the most like the like the most ethical thing to do. But I'm not afraid to face that because I think we're past uh, politics sometimes. Sometimes you just gotta do what's right. Sometimes, yo, bro, if I gotta put aspirin in your food to make you take it, brother, I will lie to you and crush it up and put it in your food. If I have to, because I care about you. Mm-hmm. And this message needed to be heard and I wasn't worried about no legalities or copyrights. It's like, man, come on, man, copyrights? We're dying. So I put it out. So and, that that um that starts to point to the uh the role and responsibility of artists in, yes. in this world. Um what would you what would you say that the the artist's role and responsibility is? Uh to report the truth, um to to have a to maintain a um, decent relationship with themselves, to uh, embrace the fact to embrace the fact or the notion that like what you do as an artist and the more you give to to the craft the craft will give it back to you. And as you become a better artist, you become a better person. It just goes all the way around. And we're here as servants. To be a servant and to understand that being a servant is, is it's, it's, it's an honor. It's an honor to be a servant and to be honest mm-hmm. and to not do things for applause and for people to like you and to like it. If everyone likes it, then you probably did something wrong. You're probably being dishonest, you know? I could, give you, I could give you a splash of colors and some polka dots you're like, that's oh, cool, cute. You know what I'm saying? But that's, that's not what we're here for. Pay attention to what's going on in the world. Be a patrolman. Be an officer of God. Be an officer. You know what I'm saying? Be, be here to serve God and serve the people around him. And don't and, and condition yourself. Condition yourself and look for the silver lining. Art is the silver lining. It is the silver lining, man. It's the language. It is the silver lining. It is the medicine. It is the ointment, man. And it will always be around. And we need to protect it. You need to protect it. Don't put out anything with like, oh, this is just for this. Like, do your best. Do your best. That kind of, uh, that leads me to a, a question I wanted to get into a little bit later. But um, yeah. since we're on this this kind of vein of, of, of conversation, what is the best advice you have ever received as an artist? And what is a kind of, idea or advice you would like to pass on to an up-and-coming group of creatives? Um, have respect. Mm. Just be respectful. And it, it seems, it, it, you know, that piece of that knowledge or that, that, uh, that advice seems quick and it seems cliche. And it seems, but having respect gives you, when you have respect and you, and you look at every single situation and you're looking at what you're about to put out and you ask yourself, is this respectful or is this, what is this going to do? You have respect for the craft for, for art. It's designed so that you have respect for the world and you have respect for yourself. There's no way around it. Can't disrespect myself and disrespect you in a piece and then, that piece, and then be respecting art at the same time. It doesn't work like that. Disrespect you, disrespect me, disrespect the art. Right? Yeah, and yeah. we're tethered. We're tethered to it, and it's and it's a, and it's a tethering that it mirrors us. Everything that we do, you're being respectful, and that will go out into the world. You're being empathetic, and that will go out into the world. Even if people don't understand it, that's why it's so beautiful. It's like, hey, take your thinking cap off. Just how you feel about it, man. The conversation is with me and every single person that views it and sees it. People that maybe would hate it, and people that would love it, people that are indifferent. 
like the best advice is just have respect. And if you have respect, everything will kind of fall in place. Like you're going to fall in love and be inspired subconscious, consciously or subconsciously, different directions. Your art's going to change. You're going to add colors. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to go through this phase. But the one thing that you want to streamline all the way through it is, is, is your respect for the craft. Mm. Respect for the craft. Your respect for yourself. And that's it, man. It's like, it's not that hard. It doesn't all have to be that hard, you know? <laughs> Rules of the game are simple. Um, Play. So on, a, uh, on a bit of a um, kind of less heavy note, um, you've worked with some amazing yeah. artists across multiple disciplines. Um, who have been your kind of favorite artists to either collaborate with or work with in a video setting? Um, and who are some people you would like to work with in the future? Um, uh, in the video setting, uh, oof, uh, man, I've been so blessed, bro. Oh, man. And everyone that watches this, uh, this isn't uh, this isn't to say that I didn't love all the other artists, but there are some experiences that were just awesome, and I would have to say, who John Legend, just because John Legend calling me to do his video said something to me. It, it like it was a, it was a, a piece of a slice of cake, man, for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And sometimes God would be like, yeah, this isn't about you, but taste this. Yeah. You're doing good. Yeah. And John Legend, it's a John Legend, man. He's Mr. Class, man. He's Mr. Everything. He's the ultimate husband. He's his, you know John Legend. It's John Legend, man. That's all you can say is it's John Legend. You know what I'm saying? And for him to call me himself, and it wasn't the record label. Mm. That's a John Legend thing to do, man. And I was just honored. It was a gift, you know? So I love working with John. That was good. I love um I love working, whew, I love working with Neo. I did a video with Neo um, called Part of the List and I shot it in Prague. And it was a, a, a love story a, a, about a man having to make a decision on whether he wants to pursue his ex-girlfriend his ex who's about to get married. And they find each other, out, out, you know, they, they find each other in Prague while he's on tour in a, in a record store and they spend some time together, they do. Because it's, it's a fresh feeling and, Maybe she missed him too. And then he has to make a decision. Do I spend the night with her and knowing that I'm going to go back home and ruin her relationship? Or do I send her back home and grow up and be mature about this and, and just and handle that burn all over again? And then he does. Yeah. And he does. And, and that decision making, it was like, it wasn't necessarily about, it was a love story. It was a love story, but love isn't always like us. It's not always sweet. It's not always, you know, roses and red hearts. And, and, and I like exploring love. I like exploring that side too. Mm -hmm. You know, the hopeful side, the things that we hope for. Yeah. But I like exploring the truth and the possibilities of love. And that I don't, they don't always feel good. So um, I, I learned that in that video that I explored love in a different way. And I felt like I was growing up when I did that video as a person. And that felt good. So... Whew, there's a lot of other people, man. Like, oh man, I'm sorry, guys. Why didn't you say me? Um, <laughs> uh, man. Oh, I work with a, a particular rapper, and this is gonna. I went from Neo John Legend, and now I'm gonna bring you to the other side. And I'm from East Oakland, California. And when TM101 Young Jeezy's album came out, 
we all thought we were young Jeezy. Hey man, I've never <laughs> sold drugs in my life. And I thought that I was a drug dealer, bro. I was like, oh my God. I was like, yeah, I was doing his voice and everything. Yeah, how's my Jeezy voice? <laughs> Sound good? It's like, you know, I like being a fan when I can, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you make me, you make me a fan, I'm going to be one wholeheartedly, autograph everything. Uh-huh. It feels good. And I was like, oh my God, who is this dude? Because this dude is, he's everything, man. His emblem is a snowman? Sign me up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, and then I, I, I did a mixtape in 2005 before I even picked up a camera ever. And he just happened to be in town doing his signing. And I went and I got in and I, and I, got, I got the courage enough as he's walking out to be like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. He has booms that are big as his building. Right? And I'm like, Jesus, can you just... Uh, Host my mixtape. I got a whole little recording studio in my backpack. I'll, so I, I'll, I'll just set it up and take two minutes. All you gotta do is say like five things. And he was like, shit, come on. I was like, for real? He was like, yeah. I set the studio up. He was like, what you want me to say? What's your name? And I was like, uh, Taj Mahal. I started with, I would go by Taj Mahal. DJ Taj Mahal, by the way, I was not a DJ. That's disrespectful, <laughs> sorry DJs. And, and he was like, DJ Taj, T- DJ Taj applause. I said, DJ Taj applause, no. DJ Taj Mahal, oh, okay. DJ Taj Mahal, and he said all these different things and he just went on and went on. So his manager was like, Jesus, we gotta go. He's like, hold on, let me give him what he needs. He did that. And before he left, I said, yo man, I'm gonna see you again. I'm gonna work with you again. And he was like, okay. Six years later, I'm on set shooting his video. He has no clue. And I shoot a video called Lose My Mind, right? And uh, it's a hit, number one. And I go back to the trailer on day two when we're done with the video. And I said, hey, I want to show you something. And I turn my laptop around and I press play. Hey, it's Young Jeezy. I'm here with my boy DJ Todd for all. The mixtape king. And he was like, that's you? I was like, yeah. He was like, man. I said, remember I told you I was going to work with you? And he was like, yeah, man. I closed my laptop. And then we did 11 videos after that. And we shot every kind of video you can think of. Every video you can think of to the point where the 11th video, when it was over, I uh, caught him in a very rare moment where he was by himself on set, no security or anything. Mm. And I walked up to him and I said, hey man, I wanna talk to you about something, but I want you to take it the wrong way. He, and he looked at me, he was like, it's over, huh? And I was like, yeah, I think we did it all that we can do, man. We don't wanna beat this, we don't wanna beat, you know, we don't wanna beat the, beat the dead horse, man. Like we did it, we did, we, we like, we show, we show what it's like for you to be in love. We, sh- we talked about racism, cultures, the differences. We talked about uh, drugs. We talked about the Holy Ghost. Um, we did the club videos. We went number one so many times. We did everything we wanted to do, man. This is what Kanye and Hype wanted to do, no disrespect. We did it. Mm. And I was like, bro, I don't think there's anything else for us to do. And he shook hands with me. We ain't worked together since. That's beautiful. That's, that's such an amazing um, full circle story. I, I, I love that so much. Um, and I think that that note is kind of where I want to end this interview. I think that's, that's such a, a, a great kind of full circle moment. Uh, so Taj, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Thank if you, um, people are looking for your work, where can they find it? They can find it on my website, uh, tajversetaj.com. Um, if you want to find my video work, I was hesitant to give this out. It's tajversetaj.net. Yes, I have both. I didn't want to, they're two different worlds. That's what I want to tell everyone. I want everyone to know that they're two different worlds. One world, I'm on the front line uh, with other artists, but I'm there alone in my own uniform. And one is a collaboration at all times. And that's with the videos and everything. And I'm helping someone else bring their dreams to life while I'm trying to insert 
some of my messages too, if they should fit. Um, and that's my career and that's how I take care of my son. But art has been picking up. And to be honest with you, this is my first time ever saying this. I really just want to be an artist. So, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Taj, thank you for being on the show. Thanks, um, man. Everyone, make sure that you tune in next week to see our next episode. Um, and thank you for watching. All right, I'll see you later. Later, bro.